Yeah, hi. Uh, Ramoth, can you hear me? Hi, Vikas. Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Are you able to turn on your video? I can, but it says you cannot start your video because the host has stopped it. I think you may have to enable. Okay, just try now. Yeah, now it's okay. Okay, okay great. And Ashwin is joining in, right? Uh, yes, I'm not sure if he has the link. Let me just check. Can you just forward it to him? Yeah. Ashwin, I've sent you the Yeah, he's joining in. Okay, okay. Yeah, we'll wait for a minute or two. Sure. Yeah, I can see some people are writing their questions. So you can write your questions in Q&A box, guys, and uh, we'll take them one by one, post the session. Yeah, Mr. Parikh, you seems to have some questions, I believe. So if you have any question, please type in your questions in Q&A box. We'll try and answer that. Okay. Yeah, not in the chat box, but in the Q&A box on your right. Yeah, Ashwin is here. So I'll just promote him as panelist. Sure. Yeah, Ashwin, can you hear us? Yeah, because uh, I'm not able to switch on my video. Uh, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm yeah, doing okay. it. Yeah. 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 Is it good now? Good to go? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, hello, everyone. Uh, firstly, apologies for the delay. We are, we are running five minutes late. Uh, so, I would like to uh, take this opportunity to thank all the participants for joining in today, taking the time out from their busy schedule and coming and joining this live webinar. And I also would like to thank Pramod and Ashwin for accepting our request and coming on the call and talking to our investors. So I think Pramod, you are coming for the first time while Ashwin, I think we've uh, already had uh, one round of discussion last time. 
and we got yeah. a lot of uh, you know thank message from our investors. Uh, so thank you so much, uh, Pramod and Ashwin, for accepting our request. No, it's our pleasure to be here. Uh, always a pleasure to work with you and your clients, Vikas. All right, thank you. So what we're gonna do is, so there, I can see there are a few new attendees who have joined in today. So I'll just take a minute quickly to introduce myself and the and the speakers, and then take it forward. So my name is Vikas Agrawal. I'm the founder of AIF and PMS Experts India. So at AIF and PMS Experts India, we run this show called Ask the Expert, where an idea is to invite you know domain experts and try and read their mind, understand what's happening in, in and around the world. And if there is any particular topic to be discussed, we discuss in detail. So like, like this way, uh, we do organize these webinars. So we've taken some break and now we are restarting it. So thank you so much for joining in. Uh, with me today, I have uh, Pramod uh, and Ashwin. So Pramod brings about almost two decades of experience. He's is uh, an engineer and also uh, management uh, graduate from IIM Ahmedabad. And uh, before uh, uh, becoming a part of Marcellus, he was he used to work for Ambit, uh, spend good amount of time out there and, and uh, sort of scaled up their institutional piece uh, per se. And uh, he is also part of the investment team out here. So he's, he's one of the co-founder members and, and also looks after the investment idea. So he's part of the investment committee. Uh, well, Ashwin is again, he's a chartered accountant and CFA. And uh, Ashwin again brings about more than a decade of experience. He also worked with Embit in the previous organization. He's part of the investment team. And he would also be looking after this portfolio called Rising Giant, which we want to discuss in detail today. So, gentlemen, welcome you, uh, all of both of you on the show of Ask the Expert. Uh, we'll begin the show here. And uh, uh, what the format of the show is promote, I'll be having few questions to begin with. And then uh, maybe Ashwin can run or you can run through the presentation if you wish to. You have been given the rights to run. And uh, uh, we'll come to the topic and then we'll take the Q&A. I hope that is fine with both of you. Absolutely fine. Works perfectly. All right. So, uh, 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 this rising giant PMS, which you have recently launched under the PMS platform. So, we've been getting a couple of feedback from investors. And quest first question is that this product was initially launched under the AIF platform. Uh, so, and then is now available in the PMS platform. So, before we come to the topic and understand more, can you just give us idea what was the reason and there the minimum threshold was 5 crores and here it is 1 crore for the, for the limited period. So, what's your plan? Right. So, look, uh, <clears throat> so we launched it in an AI format. I'll, I'll just step back up a little bit and give the context for Rising Giants, the philosophy itself. Uh, Ashwin will elaborate on that. Sure. As many of you know, um, we started off with Consistent Compounders, which is our flagship strategy, which has been running for more than three years now. Uh, a year after, which is in August 2019, we launched the Little Champs. Right? The difference between CCP and Little Champs was CCP was focused on the BSC 500 and Little Champs was focused on the world below that. Right, uh, and therefore they were quite exclusive. But um, you know, we did have uh, a pretty good experience in Little Champs, both in terms of demand from investors as well as the performance. Performance has been consistent at forty-five percent per annum for the last two years. Uh, but the only constraint we saw was there was significant demand to the extent that there there was capacity constraints arising. In remember, the biggest challenge in investing in small cap is liquidity. Many of these companies don't have much of shares trading in the market. 
and therefore you end up taking unnecessary risk around liquidity first of all if you find a good business you won't be able to buy enough of it because there aren't enough shares available in the market and second which is quite possible right all of us are capable of making a mistake if you make a mistake and you want to get out and if there's no liquidity in the stock will be stuck with a bad investment and therefore it is very important when while investing in small and mid caps to be cognizant of the capacity constraints of that strategy and to ashwin's credit he's been extremely disciplined from day one it was it is easy for us to get tempted and say look, look so many more people want to invest why not take more money it's good for us to increase our assets under management and fees but at the end of the day ashwin's point is well, my responsibility is towards the investors i cannot take more money than i can manage and put their money at risk um and therefore we shuck it at 300 crores the 300 crores is more than double to 700 crores as as their capital appreciation happened but it left a gap in our product portfolio a lot of our clients are happy investors in ccp but their asset allocation is such that they also need to allocate to small and mid cap unfortunately we couldn't provide them with an avenue once we closed little champs for fresh investments since then ashwin and team have been working on finding an alternative universe where we can replicate the positives of the little champs which is in the form of faster earnings growth uh lower valuations as compared to ccp yet do- doesn't have the liquidity constraints as lcp and after several months of work ashwin and team realized that there indeed exists this segment of companies in between half a billion dollars in market cap to 10 billion dollars in market cap which demonstrate these characteristics clearly they have better earnings growth prospects and lower valuations than the ccp at the same time the liquidity is such that you can easily run a portfolio of 15 stocks with as much as 4000 5000 crores in assets so therefore we'll also be able to manage larger sums of money and more important clients will be able to deploy more amounts of money uh, remember uh, you know it's not just a one time investment you should be able to uh, deploy your incremental savings as salary professionals you might be having you know monthly savings building up or as uh, businessmen or promoters you have those dividends and on and you need to keep deploying that once you're comfortable with the strategy the strategy should be able to take in more and more money so this universe solved the twin purpose and over the last 12 months they've worked on picking up a bottom up uh, portfolio as well and roughly the universe has about 400 odd stocks but even after applying our forensic filters and our uh, capital allocation filters you end up with a reasonably large universe of 50 60 stocks to do bottom up research and finally build a 15 stock portfolio now what we thought back then was in fact there was some demand from some of our investors said why don't you look at the aif platform as the preferred strategy for this uh and also some feedback in terms of uh not everybody should be investing in small and mid cap uh therefore uh, but how are we supposed to evaluate whether the investor uh, is uh, or, or or the investor should be able to take that risk or not you as a wealth manager because you have a full view on the clients as risk appetite you do those risk assessments and so on uh, so we instead chose the easier way by having a high ticket size uh, and saying that the high ticket size will self select investors who by definition won't have a problem investing in small and mid cap so that was the uh, launch criteria we raised about 350 crores now since then two things have happened uh, a lot of partners like yourself have uh, rightly given us the feedback that look leave the risk assessment to us lower the ticket size 
uh, there are a lot many more investors who are interested and who are capable of taking on small and mid cap risk uh, so therefore um, you know the reduction in the ticket size but the bigger change from aif to pms was driven by a regulatory change so last month uh, the regulator sebi issued a circular which uh, which put a constraint around us running this strategy in an aif format the constraint was they said that if any stock in the portfolio uh, becomes big enough where it crosses 10% of the portfolio you will have to sell part of the stock to bring it below 10% now that's not ideal from our perspective because effectively you will end up selling good ones right if the stock is gone about 10% means that it's doing well and we have seen in our own experience if you let the winners run that's where the disproportionate outsized returns come in so that would have compromised our uh, our ability to generate returns and worse when you sell such stocks you obviously incur capital gains tax uh, you incur brokerage costs security transaction tax a uh, lots of uh, so it's it's not an ideal thing so that's when we said that look we've made a representation to the regulator to reconsider this but until such time we'll move this to a pms the pms doesn't have any such restriction in terms of having a cap on uh, uh, the stock exposure uh, so while we are launching the pms we said we'll implement the reduction in the minimum ticket size also uh, simultaneously and hence the launch in a pms format with 1 crore minimum ticket size i hope i answered that question yeah yeah excellent so at least we got an idea that how the idea got originated because uh, initially we talked about lcp but then lcp was available only for selected clients and only for a limited period so correct <coughs> sorry so we also used to get this feedback that when is that lcp you are planning to open up and we had no answer because obviously ashwin does not allow any one of us to accommodate money there so so yeah great uh, so we understood that but my uh, point limited point second question is before we go to ashwin is so you know in aif uh, you had this liberty of participating in unlisted companies also if you wish to i don't know if marcellus overall investment philosophy does allow this uh, flexible uh, allow this sort of uh, you know transaction to take place whereas in pms you will have the limitation you may not be able to apply so how would you uh, tackle that uh, in the pms format now no so in any case we don't have any intention to do unlisted investments um, it's a slightly different skill it is it is not completely non fungible it is fungible ultimately here also we are evaluating quality of the business quality of the promoter quality of capital allocation so that doesn't change whether it's listed or unlisted the only difference is listed is a liquid market right we can choose when we buy into the business at what price we buy into the business whereas in unlisted you are at the mercy of the issuer is the company which decides when they want to raise money and at what valuation they want to raise money so that sort of requires a slightly different uh, skill not to say that it's not learnable or anything maybe at some stage we will pick those skills up and we will launch a product which has unlisted investments but as of now whether it's aif or pms we have no intention to do unlisted investments okay got it now so going to uh, ashwin now so ashwin uh, what are these rising giants why is it named as rising giants a what sort of companies uh, qualify under this category of rising giants according to you yeah so uh, as pramod said uh, this product is somewhere you know positioned between the uh, between the ccp and the lcp uh, so this uh, the market cap universe that we are looking for in this companies are uh, between uh, 500 million dollar to 10 billion dollars 
uh, and as regards the track record of these companies, uh, so they don't have as much as a long track record as say a consistent compounder company, but a better uh, track record, a better degree of institutionalization, uh, liquidity compared to small cap portfolio like uh, Little Champs. So in a way, actually, you know, uh, these uh, uh, the companies somewhere both in terms of the evolution of the business model, the level of uh, institutionalization, they are somewhere in between the CCP and the LCPs of the world. Uh, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, that is. So any characteristics that you wish to define that these are the criteria that we look at or, or you want yeah. to have any PPT if you have it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I will. In fact, uh, should I start the presentation? Yeah, yeah, please go ahead. Yeah. Do 15, 20 minutes and then. Yeah, yeah, sure. Please take your time. Just go to share screen and yeah. just check if you are able to do so or not. Oh, yeah, because can you see this? Yeah, very much visible. Okay. Yeah, so I think uh, I'll quickly take through the first two slides. I think uh, this slide is important in a sense, it, it forms the background for, uh, you know, why rising giants uh, 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 will make sense for the investors. Because there is a lot of changes which is happening in the last five, 10 years in the Indian economy. One is that, you know, both the erstwhile uh, physical, physical, uh, both the uh, physical infrastructure as well as the virtual infrastructure is improved tremendously in the last five to 10 years. So when uh, when you know uh, company, when you know for example we didn't have a very good node road network or we didn't have access uh, because you know the internet penetration was very very low, there were many companies small companies which thrived in a very local environment, even though those companies were very inefficient, uh, uh, they didn't make the best of the products. But because you know virtually there was you know uh, such a huge impediments from an infrastructure perspective, from internet penetration perspective. So as a result, most of the small unorganized businesses, 10, 15 years, but now that because these barriers have broken, it has made, uh, made uh, the big organized players to go into every nook and corner of India, basically. So Pailejo silos may thrive karte the companies. So I think no more, you know, that that is no more the case. So hence, you know, uh, I think that is one big catalyst for consolidation, which we have seen in the last five to 10 years and which will continue to play out you know in the coming years and uh, secondly uh, second point is uh, uh, because of the you know this uh, gst demonetization again you know the impact on the unorganized uh, players have been very very significant over the last 5 years uh, and hence you know earlier because they could evade the taxes and so on they survived but i think that is no more the cases in other words the objective of this slide to show is that you know in sector after sector uh, we have seen in the last 5 to 10 years the strongest players are getting all the more stronger. They are gaining market share. And, you know, that journey, that uh, that process will continue. That will continue in the future. And that will help uh, the market leaders. Whether it is a market leader in a small sector or whether it is a market leader in a large sector, the market leaders and dominant players will continue to become all the more dominant. They will continue to gain all the market, all the more market share. And secondly, free cash flow generation, I think uh, uh, Saurabh has been talking about this uh, slide in uh, various. Uh, so, uh, uh, 
So again, uh, because of the access to technology and because the bargaining power of the companies in various sectors are improving, what we are seeing is that you know these companies are able to crunch their working capital tremendously. Uh, for example, Dr. Lal Path Labs, uh, it manages around 4,000 collection centers around around India. But because of the investment in the technology, it is able to have a very predictive business model. It is able to anticipate, you know, what is the kind of inventory requirement in a particular location. Earlier, this was not possible because, you know, the technology was not available. But now with the right technology and because these companies are very open to investing into technology, they are able to predict the requirements very, very sharply. And as a result, the inventory days, uh, for example, of Dr. Lal Path Lab has come down significantly over the last five to six years. And secondly, because these companies are gaining market share, they are becoming all the more dominant in their sector. Uh, so it has also tremendously improved their bargaining power vis-a-vis -vis their customers as well as vis-a-vis -vis their vendors. So as a result, they, are able, they have been able to extract better, for example, uh, uh, lower credit days. From, uh, uh, they are able to extract lower, uh, better uh, credit days from their vendors. At the same time, they have been able to crunch on the credit days that they give to their customers. So that improvement in the bargaining power within the industry ecosystem, that has also helped bring down the working capital. And hence, you will see that you know uh, there has been a uh, kind of an uh, acceleration in the free cash flow generation uh, in the last five years, FY16 to 21 column, you'll find that particularly for the last three companies, which kind of fits into the rising giant space, there has been an acceleration in the free cash flow generation in the last five years, primarily coming from investment in technology, improvement in the bargaining power, improvement in their market share, and has the free cash flow generation has improved tremendously. And also what happened is that, you know, when the company is smaller, uh, any incremental capital allocation decision you take, it has a significant bearing, bearing on your uh, on your uh, free cash flow because you are small. So CapEx tends to have a disproportionately higher impact on your free cash flow. But as the company size increases, uh, the CapEx uh, requirement while these companies are investing, but it doesn't have a disproportionate impact on your free cash flow because your existing business or the base is becoming more and more. And hence the free cash flow generation for companies which are doing well, which are going from small to mid, the free cash flow generation is non-linear for these companies. Uh, so, so, so I think this clearly benefits the rising debt. And uh, this is a little bit of background about the product. As uh, Pramod said, uh, we launched this uh, product in the IF version first. It's been uh, 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 close to four months now. We have raised close to 350 crores. Uh, the investment philosophy, because which you asked, basically it remains the same. So uh, it's not different from what we have in the, in the, for the CCP and the LCP. So essentially we are looking for three attributes in any company. First and foremost, which is very relevant from a small and mid cap space is that the company should be clean. The management should be clean because no matter how strong the company is, if the management is dodgy, you know, that we, the, we, the minority shareholders will not make any returns from that company. The promoters will end up enriching themselves. So this has to be, and this is the, uh, this, this is the foremost requirement uh, uh, for the rising giants, uh, any stock to make it to the portfolio. Second is, uh, again, going back to the previous slide. Uh, so uh, we are obsessed about market leaders and preferably dominant companies because uh, we don't want small, we don't want large, uh, say, uh, a small company in a large, large uh, pool. Rather, we prefer uh, a big company in a small, small uh, uh, pool. 
so because uh, more dominant the companies, the higher the ROC of the companies, the higher the pr pricing power of that companies, and higher the ROC and the difference with the cost of capital of the companies, it means that the company has the ability to generate uh, much higher free cash flows. And uh, a company which has an ability to generate higher free cash flow, it uh, it gives it a tremendous source of advantages. You know, the company can either reinvest it back into the business, either it can take the form of reinvestment into products or capacities or technology or distribution. Uh, the end result is that it gives an enormous ability to the company to gain the market share from its peers. Uh, and secondly, uh, a company which has very good uh, cash generation from the core businesses, it also gives the that company the ability to develop product adjacencies. Jo company core business mein hi cash ni generate karta hai, that company you know cannot doesn't have the ability or the option to look beyond the core business. But a company which has a very good cash generation in the core businesses, it has an ability to develop product adjacencies or target new markets. For example, grow from one state to national presence or from even national presence to build a franchise at the global level because your core business has so much you know throws so much of cash you have the ability to uh, deploy that and finally the capital allocation you know again you know uh, capital allocation is a double edged sword actually so uh, the company which do well in the capital allocation typically company which reinvest back the cash of the core business into the uh, into back into the businesses or they develop product adjacencies but there would be cases of some companies who invest the cash of the core business into completely unrelated business, for example. Jaha, there is no there is no core competency. They will, for example, a chemical company investing that cash into a real estate. The chances is that you know those company will not be able to make a success of that uh, that uh, business because they don't have competence in the real estate business. At the same time, there would be a set of companies uh, who are very lethargic or complacent and they don't reinvest back the cash. So case may cash will keep on accumulating on the balance sheet. But the end result is the same that the blended ROC of the at the company level for those companies will keep on diluting because you're not generating the same level of ROC on the incremental capital. So, uh, so we want companies who kind of tick mark on all the three boxes, clean company, dominant company which generate huge cash flow in their core businesses and the company third requirement is the company should be smart about uh, generating roc on the incremental capital also you know which is getting generated on the core businesses so that is the criteria for a stock to make it to the rising jets portfolio but it is nothing different from uh, you know what we you know kind of uh, require in ccp lcp the difference comes come in the market cap range perspective so here we are looking at 500 to 10 billion dollars uh, market cap and before i go to the portfolio construction process process uh, it was not uh, uh, just that because we didn't have a product in ccp and lcp that we just you know kind of uh, uh, went about and kind of launched the rising decks there was a fair big bit of homework also done you know whether investing in this space makes sense from a risk reward perspective so what we did is for the return perspective we uh, the top two the both the charts on the top half they talk from a return perspective. What we found very interestingly is that uh, the top quartile mid caps and just just a qualifier, the mid cap for the purpose of this or the mid size company for the purpose of this slide is we are referring to uh, 500 to 10 billion dollar. It is not a SEBI defined uh, mid cap. Okay, uh, so top 25 percent mid caps they generate much higher return than the top 25 percent large cap. 
and very interestingly this is across different time periods whether it is 3 year period 5 year period or 10 year period you'll find that the dark blue bar on the top left hand side chart they are invariably higher than the gray bar and very interestingly cy18 to calendar year 18 to 20 where calendar year 18 and 19 clearly you know small and mid caps were not in, uh, investors were not favoring small and mid cap space even in that block of 3 year you'll find that the uh, the top best quality mid caps they delivered a uh, slightly over performance out performance versus the large cap and uh, even at the absolute level you'll find that the annualized return across different time period that is at least 50% you know across even in again in the challenging period of cy 18 to 20 you'll find that the annualized return of the top 25% mid caps they were touching 50% and more importantly even at the fundamentals level the top quality mid caps they deliver uh, or uh, they have a much better fundamental performance than the top quality large caps uh, so you can see on the right hand side top right hand side chart uh, again even in a very challenging corporate economic environment of fy 18 to 20 you'll find that the annualized eps growth in the top 25% mid cap that is very close to 50% so you know uh, this kind of this uh, at the uh, broader market level uh, uh, gave us a uh, good validation that you know if you are able to identify invest in good quality mid caps there is a uh, kind of a healthy return that we can make for our investors now we also look at from a risk perspective you know uh, suppose you know unfortunately we end up investing in say poor quality mid caps so scenario kya hai and here we found the bottom two charts they depict that scenario So if you end up investing in say bottom 25% mid caps, so the top two charts were top 25% mid caps. Here it is bottom 25% mid cap. The well distraction is not or the decline in the share price and earnings is not as severe as what happens in the small cap space. So small cap space may uh, during the period of market dislocations there is a pure carnage. You know the share price goes down by 60-70% what happened in the first wave of COVID. but in case of mid caps it's like something like 25% 30% even in the worst of the time the drawdown is somewhere between 25 to 30% in other words aapka capital itna erode nahi hota hai in the case of mid caps similarly in the case of earnings uh, the bottom 25% mid caps their earnings decline in week macro period is you know on the median level at the overall level is something like you know 20 25% whereas in the case of uh, small caps actually the profitable companies even turn loss and hence that you know you can see that it's even lower than 100% minus 100% because profitable companies actually tend to generate loss in weak macro periods but because mid caps the balance sheet is sorted they don't have much debt they don't have very high interest cost in the pnl and hence the decline in the top line they don't have disproportionate decline in the earnings level and hence so this this slide actually gave us a uh, kind of a go ahead that you know from a risk reward perspective this is one of the sweet spot or this is one of the best place to be in the indian equities now having satisfied about the merit of investing in this space so our investment process is uh, i i'll just not spend much time over here but broadly you know uh, uh, there are two parts to our investment process so pramod talked about you know there are 450 companies in this market cap universe now how we go about finding the 15 odd stocks out of this 450 uh, is through a combination of quant screens and our bottom up research so there are couple of quant screens that we employ uh, that we employ across all our products the first is forensic screen uh, so this is that nothing but a set of 2l accounting ratios uh, uh, which we use to rank the companies uh, on the to determine their accounting quality 
for example, uh, one of the ratio which we use is how much of the operating profit is getting converted into operating cash. You know, higher the ratio, the more the conviction that the company's numbers are okay. But if say operating cash is only 20-30% of your reported operating profit uh, over the last six years, it means that there is some problem, you're inflated most likely than not your operating revenues and operating profits. So our model punishes those companies. Uh, so we have such other 11 ratios, total 12 ratios. We rank all these 450 companies individually across these 12 ratios then aggregate the score across the 12 ratios. And finally, based on the decile based ranking, we eliminate the bottom 40% because our model is raising question about the quality of the reported numbers. Uh, so 40% companies get eliminated at the forensic accounting screen. The next step on these 200, 250 companies which are left is to find companies which are growing, but which are growing sustainably means they are growing by not putting uh, their balance sheet at risk, but they are growing by generating cash and redeploying that cash. To find such companies, we use again six year period and rank these 200, 250 companies on four parameters. Uh, what is the growth in revenue over the last six years? What is the improvement in operating margin over the last six years? What is the improvement in working capital days? And finally, what is the improvement in the fixed assets turnover over the last six years? And we select companies which are in top 50% on each of these four ratios. Uh, suppose a company scores very high on revenue growth, but the working capital days of that company has uh, increased significantly in the last six years. Uh, that company by default will get a very low score on the working capital parameter, typically less than 50%. And hence that company will not get selected. So you want companies which are going sensibly, which are growing uh, by not putting their balance sheet at risk or not taking out too much debt on their balance sheet. So you will be surprised to know that only out of these 200, 250 companies, uh, only 35 companies make the cut. And these 35, 40 companies form the basis for our bottom-up research. And that is where, you know, uh, so abhi tak jo bhi tha, Excel smith basically, Excel, macro, driven, forensic, and capital allocation. And this is where the real work actually starts. You know, we start putting our time, efforts, uh, and... Uh, Typically, our bottom-up research consists of two parts. One is reading the annual reports for the last 15, 20, year, 20 years. And this is very important. You must go back as much possible in the history of the company uh, because if you look at only two to three years, it may not give you a complete picture. 15, 20 years, you will be able to picture the evolution of the company. You'll be able to identify what were the crisis point in the past. How did the promoters or the management dealt with that? You know, that will give you a proper assessment of the mental character of the of the promoters and the management. And uh, more importantly, we do a lot of primary data research, typically speaking to uh, people in the industry ecosystems like competitors, vendors, ex-employees. Management se to baat karte hai, but management would be incentivized to say positive things about the company. So you should always corroborate that with the speaking to the people who can give you an independent you know, view. And this is a very time-consuming process, especially in small and mid-caps, uh, because these companies are not generally well-known. They are well-known with their customers, vendors, but generally public may not awareness. Nahi hota. But it takes typically six months to a year to get to meet at least 10 people who will know about the company. But that is the worth the time we think, you know, putting, and uh, that gives us a lot of insights. And finally, I, having done all these uh, annual uh, report readings and primary data meetings, for these 35, 40 companies, we have a longevity framework. So I will not go into depth uh, over there, but we have a longevity framework where we screen her 35, 40 companies score longevity framework mein scoring karte hai. and the best 15 companies, they make the cut to the life or the actual portfolio.
and not only the best 15 companies uh, that longevity framework is used to determine the stocks which will make it to the portfolio but the interest position sizing of these companies is also determined by the longevity framework uh, so the the best stocks uh, the, score, the company which scores the best it will have the most the highest allocation in the portfolio and this is how the portfolio has been constructed so we have currently 15 stocks in the portfolio the name of some of the companies have been disclosed here and I'll talk about, talk about three rows here, which are very important. One is the EPS growth. If you look at the third column, EPS CAGR over FY 16 to 21, you will find that barring a couple of ex, uh, exceptions, most of the companies would be having very healthy double digit growth. And because most of you have been following the Indian markets, you'll find that you know 16 to 21 has been one of the most challenging periods from a macro, from a corporate earnings perspective we had the demonetization we had the gst we had the even before the covid there was a slowdown hitting home and finally the pandemic impact in fy20 in a period which has been inundated with various challenges these companies have been able to deliver very healthy earnings growth and that has come primarily because of two reasons one is because these companies have gained market share from their weaker peers uh, in their sectors you know, because of investment in technology or because uh, uh, because of expanding the distribution network. Or secondly, they have made very well use of their capital to develop new growth drivers. You know, either they have developed new products or they have expanded their markets. Uh, but the end result is that these companies have kind of uh, dealing them from the destiny of the macros and kind of taken upon themselves to deliver the earnings growth. And hence the end result, you'll find that the portfolio level for the last five years, the 21% EPS growth. And if you look at the FCF column, which is the second last column, you'll find that the things look even better in that column because of the things which I talked about at the beginning. These companies have been able to crush their working capital days significantly. And uh, this, this is free cash flow CAGR is not because they have cut down on their CapEx spend. In fact, most of these companies have accelerated their CapEx spend in the last one and a half years because clearly the weaker companies are falling uh, uh, by the side and these companies have pressing the accelerator. But this free cash flow CAGR has come because of the crunch in the working capital days. And finally, as we speak, uh, the last column, most of these companies, you'll find that the figures for the net debt equity is in brackets, which means that most of these companies have surplus cash on their balance sheet. And this is very important uh, because uh, uh, you'll find the sector after sector, most of the companies because of the last five years ka jo issues hai, the balance sheet is really got out of the shape for most of the companies. But whereas these companies have surplus cash on their balance sheet, they really, you know, uh, this gives them enormous firepower to consolidate market share, either by weaker players inorganically or actually even press the growth organically. So the strong balance sheet places them in a very advantageous position. Uh, I think this is uh, this is how the this is basically the stockwise attribution analysis uh, since we launched it in the AIF format. You'll find that most of the these are cumulative returns. So you'll find that uh, in the last column, which is cumulative returns till the 30th November, you find that most of the stocks have been in the positive zone, which indicates that the stock selection has worked so far. Uh, and uh, just to give you one case study, I will not go into a couple of, just to give you one case study, you know, GMA folder, for example, why it makes to our portfolio is that two to three things. One is on the moat side, this company is very strong. So GMM folder has been a market leader and not only market leader, but a dominant market leader with more than 50% market share in the glassline equipment 
pretty much since the inception of the company over the last three decades. Uh, and that market share leadership has come from uh, two things. One is the technological edge. So its parent, Fodler, has been in the glass and equipment industry globally for the last 100 years. So there has been a lot of body of work, you know, behind Fodler, 100 of years of experience, knowledge, you know, which clearly GMM in India has benefited from the technology sharing from the parent. And secondly, glass and equipment is a very critical product. Whilst it makes for only 5% of the overall capex of the company, but this product, may agar, suppose in a glass line equipment, even if there is small crack, actually you can't use that reactor. You have to basically bring down that reactor and get it replaced. In other words, basically your supply or your production processes has to be stalled for at least two to three weeks. So there is an enormous, uh, enormous of, uh, you know, loss of production if basically you end up buying a faulty glass line equipment. And hence, even if a competitor is offering 10% cheaper or 20% cheaper glass line equipment compared to a GMM folder, because there is so much risk around quality, reliability involved, it doesn't, you know, the customer is not inclined to buy a cheaper product. So I think that is also very important. And finally, GMM, uh, even though it has been a market leader for the last three decades, it didn't stop, uh, it didn't make the company complacent. It has always tried to remain ahead of the curve. So just to give you two examples, one is within the core business, it has even strengthened its position in the last one and a half years. So what it did, did was it was it bought the third largest player called DDPS India uh, last year. And DDPS is actually an MNC and a globally good company, but in India, it never made profits for the, last, for the 15 years of its existence. And hence it kind of exited the Indian market and GMM bought DDPS. And by buying DDPS, it got an entry into the uh, southern Indian pharma market. So GMM was always strong in the West India, but it didn't have a manufacturing presence in South India. Whereas DDPS is a Hyderabad based company. And now GMM has bought it, got an entry to the southern Indian market. And uh, secondly, and more importantly, it bought its uh, uh, parent Fodler last year. So, uh, so there is a very, you know, a kind of a very rare instance of any subsidiary company buying a global parent, you know, parent to buy and we are talking about your global parent. So GMM actually bought its global parent Fodler last year. And now the technology for the company is also secure because private Fodler used to be owned by private equity for the last 30 years and private equity make issue that every five, six years, there is a change in the ownership. So there was always uncertainty surrounding uh, the technology sharing with GMA Fodler. Suppose, uh, uh, say a Chinese company buys Fodler, whether the parent will be willing to share a technology with GM Fodler in India. But now that GMM has bought its uh, parent, that technology overhang has actually gone away uh, from the from the stock. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, I will stop here and happy to take a Q&A. Questions? Yeah, thank you, uh, Ashwin. I think it was a great presentation. You can turn off this PPT uh, so that we can take more questions. So we'll start the Q&A session now. So dear participants, if you have any questions, please type in your questions in Q&A box, not in the chat box. I'll take some of them. So first question is for Pramod. Uh, there's a gentleman, he's, uh, uh, he's already signed up for CCP, but a bit confused whether to go ahead with CCP or rising giant. So I think this needs to be clarified to him. And a lot of clients are also asking me this question and they are, they are not understanding that the core portfolio is core portfolio. So if you could uh, just uh, share your uh, thoughts on that. 
Sure, sure, sure. So yeah, I mean, like uh, you, you, you put it. It's ultimately, the investors call because um, uh, it depends on the individual situation, individual appetite for risk, uh, individual need for returns. Uh, it all depends on our individual circumstances and also what already exists in your portfolio. Right. So your uh, risk return requirement is an input into your asset allocation. Your asset allocation then tells you how much of exposure you need to large cap, small cap, mid cap, uh, Bitcoin, whatnot. And then, uh, you know, Vikas's job is to suggest the best possible products to fill in that. What I can help with is how do various Marcellus products stack up in terms of risk and return, right? Ultimately, a fund is nothing but a combination of a certain unit of return for a certain risk that you're taking, right? That, that's, that, that's what is delivery. So CCP, as we've always argued, and it says in the name itself, it's by definition consistent compounding. In a year like March 2020, when the market fell 25%, CCP, CCP was up 8%, right? Uh, in a year like the last 12 months, when the market has gone crazy, CCP is slightly less than the market. But still healthy. But that's what it is meant to do. The whole idea is to keep returns less volatile. The reason volatility is very important is although we might tell ourselves that, uh, look, I'm uh, I'm a long-term investor. I don't mind taking short-term risk. None of us in reality want to see or like to see a 20% drawdown in our portfolio, right? It gives us the jitters. And it's not our fault. It's just the way, you know, God and nature has, has created human beings. Uh, in fact, Daniel Kahneman won the Nobel Prize was for talking about how human beings are driven of loss aversion, uh, right? So effectively, he says the amount of uh, grief you get by losing 10 rupees is significantly greater than the joy you get from finding 10 rupees, right? So that's how we are wired. So it is very important to understand our innate behavior and then construct a uh, investment philosophy around it, which is why we saw what we saw is when the market fell 30% in those three months of Jan, Feb, March 2020, and our fund fell only 12.9%, we saw almost no redemptions. But market-wide, there are several people who exited the market at the bottom of the market. By exiting, what did they do? First, they crystallized what was paper loss into a real loss. And second, they sort of deprived themselves of a uh, an opportunity to play the recovery, which has played out pretty handsomely. Um, that you can do only if you can hold your wits together. And uh, those wits can be in your control if your volatility is low. So consistent compounders was designed to be, which is why, I guess, because it's alluding to the fact that CCP should be the core part of your portfolio. All your must-achieve financial goals should be driven off CCP because that gives you uh, comfortable, uh, consistent compounding over long periods of time. Once you've covered all your basic financial goals, which are must achieve, then you are feeling comfortable that now I can afford to take a little bit of risk in pursuit of better returns. Then you start looking at uh, the satellite products of what's called in the industry. Uh, you can look at a mid cap fund, a small cap fund and so on. So the way our funds stack up is CCP is at the lowest end of the risk spectrum, reasonably healthy returns. It's compounded at 27% in the last three years. But I would say from an expectation perspective, you should factor in 20% uh, going forward. So 20% return with very little risk. One step above is kings of capital and rising giants, where we find the returns can be closer to 25%. Again, 
the caveat that these are just expectations our expectations of the underlying portfolio companies free cash flow growth is around 25% and we've shown in our research that if you hold on to a company whose free cash flow growth is 25% for 3 years or beyond your returns are more or less likely to be around that 25% mark right uh, so you go up from 20 to 25% in these two but the risk is slightly higher risk defined as volatility as we've seen in kings of capital despite the market recovering financial services haven't recovered yet that's because financial services are perceived to be very closely linked to the economic fortunes now with the coming in of covid wave 3 again there are concerns around lockdowns being in post and therefore financial services uh, will see an increase in npas that's the apprehension although on the ground we haven't seen any of such uh, thing in our portfolio companies but by definition uh, kcp will be more volatile mid cap because of the liquidity issue and also the fact that mid cap companies tend to be more narrower in terms of business uh, approach right they either have a single line of business or exposure to a large client so for the fortunes of that business or the client has a, a, a disproportionate bearing whereas consistent compounders are large and diversified therefore volatility in one part of the business will be more up made up by other parts of the business the higher end is the little champs little champs adds another liquidity risk to it because the stocks are on buying and selling of the stocks makes the price go up and down right that's the sort of liquidity issues in little champs uh, and therefore there uh, in exchange for that higher liquidity we demand higher returns it's delivered 45% in the last two years but i don't think that's repeatable even if it delivers 25 30% will be more than happy uh, so that's the risk return spectrum now you should ask yourself uh, you know what do i expect out of my investments there are some of our clients who say that look boss i i am happy with 15% return uh, my intention is to sleep peacefully at night for them we say put 100% in consistent compounders don't even think of rising giants don't even think of little champs but your situation could be different and also your existing portfolio okay i already have a lot of exposure to consistent compounders let me put some incremental money in rising giants or you can say no all other pmss that i have is uh, are all small and mid cap pms in that case a consistent compounder might suit you better but to give the overall picture no better person than vikas himself because he can take a, a, a market wide view he can take your inputs in terms of your specific financial goals and create an asset allocation and construct the right split between ccp and rising giants Yeah, so if in case any one of you want uh, your risk appetite to be checked, then you can reach out to our expert team, and they would help you. And we kind of go very methodically in terms of generating the score, etc. So we'll give you complete picture, and you can decide on that. But I remember one analogy given by Saurav last time when he was there in our show. He said your CCP is like a dal chawal. You know, you must have it. Without that, you cannot think about having paneer. so paneer is like your kcp okay you like dal chawal but you want some more taste but if you are looking out for rasogulla and ice creams then lcp or rising giant would come into picture but that's where you know that you know the, it will have a sugar so if you, if you if you are you know you have sugar then you must avoid so if your risk appetite do not allow you then please do not think about rising giants or lcp but if you what promote rightly said that if you already have good amount of exposure in ccp and you have additional uh, cash flow coming in and you wish to deploy further then the first choice should be rising giant uh, that's how i would look at that's my take so second question is uh, uh, so there is one gentleman is asking that 
why is it meant uh, why is it minimum threshold is 1 crore in rising giant visa vis other pmss right so as you know as uh, like i said we launched rising giants in the aif um and uh, for reasons that i articulated for the regulatory changes we are doing it in the pms but having raised some money in aif we want to keep the terms similar for both aif and pms and as you know in aif the regulatory minimum is 1 crore we can't go below 1 crore and therefore in this pms uh, um we we have kept the minimum at 1 crore the idea is to be fair to all investors whether you come in the aif or or, or pms the uh, next question is why is it that so tightly set the date of 31st of december why not till about 31st of march so that capital gain and capital losses can be adjusted with each other and fresh call yeah so again because of the aif history year uh, the aif as you know um, can only be um, you know money can be taken on in the month end valuation date right uh, aifs are peculiar although it's an open ended aif we can't keep it perennially open we'll have we can at best uh, open it in bouts uh, which is the intention now as well so as you know aif we opened last in september now in december most likely we'll open it in march uh, for pms investors also will follow the same schedule we'll have to close it on the date of the aif closing on 30th december the next round more or less likely we might do it in march we might get opportunity if, if there is a sharp fall in the market uh, which allows us to participate uh, in good companies at lower prices we might come in sooner than that but roughly if, if if for some reason you are able not able to meet the 30th december deadline you'll definitely get another opportunity in the next couple of months all right that's a good news for you uh, guys if you wish to participate later also you can come in uh, they might open up depending upon how the market behaves and during the regular interval we keep coming up uh, but my uh, so in nutshell promote would that be that you know pms is just a platform which is being used but overall you want to run this like a aif mindset you know your mindset will be like an aif and you will be running it like that is that what you're trying to say as far as rising giant is concerned yeah i mean yes and no ultimately we want to run uh, uh, the best possible strategy uh, in that market cap spectrum right um, now because of this history of having started with an aif there are certain constraints imposed by the aif regulation which like i said our intention is to be fair to all investors and therefore we're sort of self imposing those constraints upon us in the pms as well but those constraints will not impinge on returns right the constraint that impinged on returns we immediately addressed by moving from the aif to pms we want that flexibility where we want to let good companies compound as strongly as possible so what if it crosses 10% we don't want to pair up position there that we have taken note of but otherwise all the other terms are similar to the uh, to the aif yeah next question is for ashwin so how good will be the fcf compounding in rising giants going ahead uh, yeah so uh, so as i showed in one, one of the slides so for the past 5 years the uh, the fcf compounding for the portfolio has been at the weighted average has been close to 25% and uh, you know we don't see any reason you know why that shouldn't be the case even for the next 3 to 5 years uh, in fact uh, you know uh, uh, because of whatever you know uh, has happened in the last one one and a half years we think that both the eps growth and has the fcf growth should be better you know uh, 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 over the next 3 to 5 years and if on the top of that there is also an economic recovery that will be kind of an icing on the cake but at the base case level you know uh, 
we are pretty confident that you know whatever has been on the last five years that should be for the next three to five years okay uh, the next question is somebody is asking i'm already invested in ccp kcp lcp what next so i would suggest you to uh, look at your overall allocation and discuss with our team and uh, we will tell you uh, of course you should be considering this as well uh, provided you have liquidity uh, the next question is from uh, mr lele he is asking that is there any avenue for nri investment with returns uh, repatriable so in case of repatriable i would like to answer that so here you will have to set up the account in nr1 category and not in the nri category and then it is uh, uh, something that you can decide if you wish your money to stay back in india if you want to uh, look at retrievable uh, then you will have to look at nri so that's how it is uh, how it is uh, uh, how is ltts better than a tata lexi so we are not taking uh, individual uh, stock questions uh, because of the fact that regulatory does not allow abs uh, there's a disclaimer from my end that even if you're discussing about any particular stock uh, my submission to all of you is please do not go ahead and invest please discuss with your investment uh, advisor or discuss with our team before you make any investments uh, is the rising giant pms and lcp has a specific exit date or it is good for holding for both ever like it can enter in my will for passing on inheritance to my children uh, would you like to answer that ashwin uh no so we like to <laughs> the investors to invest as as long as possible actually yeah and uh, we think these companies uh, they will continue to do well over a long period of time so if you have the wherewithal there is no liquidity constraint on your part ideally this should money should uh, stay invested forever yeah so i would say that you know uh, see there is no specific dates uh, as far as lcp or rising giant is concerned because it is individual stocks view which you know fund manager would be taking call eventually so there is no specific exit date as such uh, uh, here in rising giant you have a 15 minutes uh, 15 months of exit load and thereafter you can take out your money uh, any point of time however if you are talking about the horizon then you should have yeah, as much as long as you can hold the longer the you, you hold the better the power of compounding will play out so it truly depends on your horizon and your goal i would say uh, you can discuss this with us and we can let you know in future uh, how do you define or select high quality mid caps means which are the metrics you apply for filter high quality mid caps ashwin would you like to uh, answer this in a brief uh, note yeah, yeah i think uh, uh, three things uh, basically uh, so one is that you know the company should the promoters the management should be you know uh, should be uh, okay integrity strong hona chahiye basically so i think that is the first one journey hona chahiye basically the promoter second is you know uh, look for the uh, companies uh, which generate healthy roc and they are able to sustain that roc so the capital allocation filters if you remember the second pond screen which we used ki healthy roc hona chahiye and secondly it is should be able to sustain over the last 5 to 6 years by combining these two thing clean companies healthy and sustainable roc by itself you are actually arriving at a very small pool a very good quality mid cap on the top of that if you do more work uh, last 15 20 years ka annual report padho and if you are able to figure out that the company the management is always agile it always try to stay ahead top of the game i think you know i think that 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 is kind of you know uh, the final nail in the 
Okay, next question is for Pramod. So one crore in PMS is okay, but can we bring it that investment in six months of tranches? No, unfortunately not. Uh, we'll need one crore at the outset. On top of that, if you want to keep adding that, you are free to do it either on an ad hoc basis whenever liquidity is available or if you want to start an SIP, that's also possible. If you're worried about timing, we are offering the STP route also here where although you give us the one crore on day one, we'll only invest 20 lakhs in Rising Giants uh, on day one. The remaining 80 lakhs is put in a liquid fund so that every month on a prefix date, we redeem 20, 20 lakhs and put it. That's to take care of your timing, but uh, we can't take less than one crore to start with. Yeah, the next question is, I already have PMS and invested in CCP. Do you advise to go for AIF as I intend to add another 50 lakhs? Promote. Yeah, I mean, look, like I said, um, if we only have the rising giants in an AIF format. Uh, given that you already are invested in PMS, I presume there are no such restrictions for you to invest in a PMS because PMS means that the stocks will be in your name. And like I said, the constraint is now on the AIF because you are not able to hold more than 10% in a single stock. Then I would, I, would, I would recommend the PMS. If for some reason you are not allowed to invest in a PMS, either because your employer doesn't allow investing directly in stocks, where AIF is the only option, then by all means, uh, you should consider AIF. Yeah. And the other thing is because you are adding only 50 lakhs, uh, then I would suggest you to look at the other PMSs because here the minimum threshold which is uh, meant for uh, your rising giant is one crore. Yeah. And so next question is for Ashwin again. How do you evaluate management? Uh, very briefly, if you could answer Ashwin, although you've already covered up in your presentation, but anything that you want to add? I think first again, governance, look at the governance of the management. Look at their actions in the past. Have they been minority friendly or are they been ad ad adverse to minority? I think that is the first requirement. Second is uh, within the clean promoters, find the capable promoters. So again, look at their actions. Uh, uh, because one thing is big issue in the small and mid cap is that the promoters tend to get complacent. They can, they are clean promoters. They tend to get complacent. Look for the signs of complacency. Look for is there you know any uh, reinvestment? Well, the reinvestment ratio of the company continues to remain high. Are they being uh, uh, cognizant of the disruption that is likely to happen? Are they writing it off, etc.? Looks for the signs of complacency, I would say. All right. So uh, we've taken a good amount of uh, questions. Uh, what we'll do is we'll try and uh, we'll, we'll conclude this session now here. And uh, all the questions that you posted, I'll see to it that all of them gets answered. Uh, I'll talk to you one-on-one uh, -on -one and I'll try and answer some of them in case you have you wish to speak to any of the portfolio manager, we'll set up your call and get on to the call and discuss that with you. So thank you so much, uh, Pramod and Ashwin for taking the time out, gentlemen. It was a great uh, presentation and get, great interaction. Uh, thank you so much for answering uh, all the questions so patiently. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Vikas. Thanks, everybody, for attending. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, everyone, for attending the session. Please feel free to reach out to me. My email ID is vikas at aifpms.com. Or you can call me at 988-115-6123. Uh, I'll see to it that, uh, you know, I'll try and answer a question. So one question which is coming up again and again, Ashwin, if, can I have the liberty of taking your five, ten minutes quickly? Uh, uh, yeah, I think I can stay back for two minutes more. Two minutes. Okay, quickly. So some people are asking, what's your views on the markets? 
<laughs> so honestly speaking uh, we don't look at markets so i show you the slide no uh, fi 16 to 20 earnings growth uh, i think uh, 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 so we don't look at the broader market it's more has more to do with the company specific i think uh, irrespective of the you know uh, the market or the macro scenario good companies will find their uh, way to grow uh, they will find their way to grow and uh, and again you know i think uh, doesn't make sense to look for a market from 3 to 6 month perspective if you are in equity and especially in small and mid cap space if you are investing i think next in mahine mein ya 6 mahine mein kya hone wala hai i think you know uh, we should stay away from predicting the next 3 to 6 months yeah so i just just want to add one thing so at marcellus they do not look at markets at all correct ashwin they only look at companies where they invest money and they look at and track uh, you know how these companies are growing because eventually your stock appreciation mirrors the corporate earnings in the long run and you make as much money in the stock market as company makes so even our suggestion to people is don't look at the index levels because that's a misrepresentation of of selected stocks and getting average out uh, my suggestion is to look at each and every companies before you invest or give it to the portfolio manager and allow them to manage the way they wish to manage so thank you so much ashwin it was great interacting with you thank, thank you so you much so. for taking the time thank you everybody yeah, thank you everyone see you in next session thank you